Are there some other individuals from Christianity that you'd like to, that were in at the feet of the masters that you wanted to say anything yeah. about? Okay. Sure, we can talk about them. So one thing I included here, the next master is the Blessed Mother Mary. And I wanted to share the only words attributed to the Blessed Mother besides the Magnificat during her life are found in the writings of the early church fathers. And it's found in the epistle of Ignatius to the Virgin Mary. And so this is from Ignatius addressed to the Christ bearing Mary. And it says, thou oughtest to have comforted and consoled me who am a neophyte and a disciple of thy beloved John. For I have heard things wonderful to tell respecting thy son Jesus. And I am astonished by such a report, but, it is, but I desire with my whole heart to obtain information concerning the things which I have heard from thee, who wast always intimate and allied with him, and who wast acquainted with all his secrets. I have also written to thee at another time, and have asked thee concerning the same things. Fare thou well, and let the neophytes who are with me be comforted of thee, and by thee, and in thee. Amen. And this is the reply of the Blessed Virgin Mary to this letter, the only other known words of the Blessed Mother other than the Magnificat. The lowly handmaid of Christ Jesus to Ignatius, her beloved fellow disciple. The things which thou hast heard and learned from John concerning Jesus are true. Believe them, cling to them and hold fast the profession of that Christianity which thou hast embraced and conform thy habits and life to thy profession. Now I will come in company with John to visit thee and those that are with thee. Stand fast in the faith and show thyself a man, nor let the fierceness of persecution move thee but let thy spirit be strong and rejoice in God, thy savior. Amen. How cool is that? Pretty cool. <laughs> and the next master, St. John the Baptist, known for repent for the kingdom of heaven is near at hand. And behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And he must increase, but I must decrease. These are familiar things we forget who they're associated with. That's St. John the Baptist. And the next one is St. Peter, the rock upon whom Christ built his church. And he said, man's salvation and perfection consists of doing the will of God, which he must have in view in all things and at every moment of his life. Until we have a passionate love for our Lord in the most blessed sacrament, we shall accomplish nothing. And then after him is St. Paul. Remember this. This is interesting. Remember this. 
Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Let us not weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. And the next master, of course, being who many call the second Christ, in a sense, the model of Christ, not that they believe he was Christ, but the model, St. Francis of Assisi. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. I have that on my wall. <laughs> and St. Clair of Assisi, who's my patron saint, who was St. Francis of Assisi's um, very close friend and companion before she then founded the sisters, she said, love him totally, who gave himself totally for your love. We become what we love. And who we love shapes what we become. I'd like to say that again, and I'd like to just point that out to all the young men and women out there who are discerning uh, relationships in their life, because this is so important. We become what we love. And who we love shapes what we become. Do not underestimate the importance of that type of life-altering decision in your life. We become what we love, and who we love shapes what we become. This is really the epitome of St. Clair. Love that cannot suffer is not worthy of that name. Then we move on to St. Catherine of Siena. Nothing great is ever achieved without much enduring. important message for any of us. St. Teresa of Avila, to have courage for whatever comes in life, everything lies in that. There are more tears shed over answered prayers than over unanswered prayers. 
be gentle to all and stern with yourself. And her compadre, St. John of the Cross, who was her confessor and a person who was around at the same time she was, the entire matter of reaching union with God consists of purging the will of its appetites and feelings so that from a human and lowly will, it may be changed into the divine will, made identical with the will of God. <clears throat> the next master is the venerable Mary of Agrita, who wrote The Mystical City of God. Doubt serves as a stimulus to the understanding for the investigation of truth. And from the venerable Anne Catherine Emmerich, the reason why Mary became his mother and why he did not come sooner was that she alone and no creature before her or after her was the pure vessel of grace promised by God to mankind as the mother of the incarnate word by the merits of whose passion mankind was to be redeemed from its guilt. The blessed virgin was the one and only pure blossom of the human race flowering in the fullness of time. All the children of God from the beginning of time who have striven after salvation contributed to her coming. She was the only pure gold of the whole earth. <laughs> Our next master, Emanuel Swedenborg, 16th century, love in its essence is spiritual fire. The divine of the Lord in heaven is love. For the reason that love is receptive of all things of heaven, such as peace, intelligence, wisdom, and happiness. Hildegard von Bingen, in speaking of her vision of the Blessed Virgin Mary, she is so bright and glorious that you cannot look at her face or her garments for the splendor with which she shines. <laughs> Boy, that's the truth. I can vouch for that. St. Alphonsus Liguori, the great writer of the ascetical works, acquire the habit of speaking to God as if you were alone with him familiarly and with confidence and love as to the dearest and most loving of friends. St. Thomas Aquinas, who's the, considered the doctor of the church, the great theologian behind all doctrinal theology, the Summa Theologica. To one who has faith, no explanation is necessary. To one without faith, no explanation is possible. The things that we love tell us what we are. 
Beware of the person of one book. <laughs> Saint Therese of Lisieux. Many people know her as the little flower. Miss no single opportunity of making some small sacrifice. Here, by a smiling look, there by a kindly word, always doing the smallest right and doing it all for love. St. Padre Pio, our, our, our uh, first uh, priest who was a stigmatist, our second Franciscan, second only to St. Francis of Assisi because he was a Franciscan priest, he was the second Franciscan to be a stigmatist, St. Padre Pio, died in 1968. Pray hope and don't worry. Worry is useless. Our merciful Lord will listen to your prayer. Do not be so given to the activity of Martha as to forget the silence of Mary. May the Virgin who so reconciled the one with the other be your sweet model and inspiration. How can the mother of Jesus, present at the foot of the cross on Calvary, who offered her son as victim for the salvation of souls, be absent at the mystical Calvary of the altar? Mother Teresa, there are no great things, only small things with great love. Happy are those. Peace begins with a smile. If you judge people, you have no time to love them. St. Paul the Hermit. All the science of the saints is included in these two things, to do and to suffer. St. Porphyry, the utility of a science which enables men to take cognizance of the travelers on the mind's highway and excludes those disorderly interlopers Verbal fallacies needs but small attestation. It's searching penetration by definition alone, before which even mathematical precision fails, would especially commend it to those whom the abstruseness of the study does not terrify and who recognize the valuable results which must attend discipline of mind. Like a medicine, though not a panacea for every ill, it has the health of the mind for its aim, but it requires the determination of a powerful will to imbibe its nauseating yet unwholesome, yet wholesome influence. It is no wonder, therefore, that puny intellects like weak stomachs abhor and reject it. St. Henry Suzo, 
if you strive to do your best in all things, people will take it as being the worst thing possible from you. <laughs> By ignorance, the truth is known. St. Francis Cabrini, you know, a modern day saint from the last couple hundred years. We must pray without tiring for the salvation of mankind does not depend upon material success, but on Jesus alone. Her uh, picture in the book is just mesmerizing. I kept going back to her, just the gaze. Did of you? Her, yeah, just the gaze of her eyes. I'm just like, oh, just her energy. I don't know. I just wanted to keep going back to that picture. She, um, she was from, she did most of her work in Colorado. Her shrine is in Colorado. She was, um, she inherited a lot of money and she gave it all to create the missions to teach and to give to the poor. And, um, she has a huge, huge, um, legacy of good works that follow her and will follow her forever. So she is quite an amazing woman and master. <laughs> saint Demetrius was a warrior saint. Oh God of Demetrius, help me, is uh, something said by Saint Nestor. Unfortunately, we don't have any words by Saint Demetrius because they were both martyred together <laughs> and it was a long time ago. So we don't have any actual words from St. Demetrius, but he was a warrior saint. So he stands tall as one of the uh, martyrs, but also as, you know, we have masters who also uh, perform different kinds of functions, you know, St. Maximilian Colby was one of our World War II martyrs. He uh, died at Auschwitz. He had traded his life for the life of a young man who was a father of two children. And he, he died being starved to death in the uh, gulag, uh, singing hymns of praise, um, like days and days and days beyond what they thought he could be able to survive. Um, he said, no one in the world can change truth. Every fall, even if it be very grave and repeated, serves us always and only as a little step towards a higher perfection. He was very devoted to the Blessed Mother and when he was a young monk, she had appeared to him in a vision and given him a white rose of purity and a red rose of martyrdom. Um, I believe she had asked him to choose one and he said he wanted both. And he did indeed receive both in this life. And he was known to say the Immaculate will conquer. He called her called the Blessed Virgin, the Immaculate. The Immaculate will conquer through us, the whole world and every single soul. 
St. Maximilian Kolbe, known throughout the world because his story is so amazing. Um, many movies done on his life for those who are interested in learning more about him. St. Dominic. This is really, you know, um, St. Dominic was the saint who received the rosary, the Holy Rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So that's one of the most important things about this master. He is the original recipient of the Holy Rosary of the, uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary. And one of the things he is known for saying was, a man who governs his passions is master of his world. St. Veronica is the next master in the book. We have no words. We just have her actions that speak for her, that she wiped the face of Christ when he was sweating and bloody on the way of Calvary and his face imprinted in the cloth. One of the reasons I included her in the masters was because I had seen her in vision myself where she had appeared to me in the St. Margaret Mary Catholic Church. And um, I was so mesmerized by her that I felt she had to be included. St. Veronica, it's I'll beautiful. never forget it. Yeah, she, it was very beautiful. Um, you know, we forget that sometimes some of the, some of the lesser known saints who are still saints, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> and some, of course, there's saints that are not known at all because saints are those who are in heaven and we don't, we don't know everyone who's in heaven. We just have, you know, we have an idea of who some of the people are. So St. John Vianney. At least from our planet, right? Yes, at least from our planet. It'll be fun to find out about mm -hmm. the others. So St. John Vianney, the curé of ours, the, he's the patron saint of parish priests. He was a great confessor. People would come for miles and miles and miles around and be in lines and lines and lines to go to confession with him. He said, humility is like a pair of scales. The lower one side falls, the higher rises the other. The virtue of obedience makes the will supple. And he also said, we put pride into everything like salt. <laughs> I think that's, that's well said. We put pride into everything like salt, because that is how I see it too. In the mystical spheres, we really struggle with separating out our actions from pride. It's a very difficult process in the purification path. I think that maybe it's just part of us coming into this earthly plane is there needs to be a certain amount of self-importance just, <laughs> just to survive, you know, and then maybe. We, kind of, we get caught up in that ego and who we think we are and that you know, it's kind of we're kind of important well we create an identity we don't realize that the identity doesn't matter but um, the identity is something that matters to us and as long as it matters to us 
it actually becomes a fetter and entanglement that prevents us from reaching Almighty God. It blots out our eyes. Yes, it blots it out our, the vision. Yes, it truth. does. Absolutely does. And I included St. Cajetan, founder of the Theatines, because I used to work for um, uh, the Theatine priests when I worked for the Catholic Church. And Cajetan had a great devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary. St. Cajetan was actually one of the um, saints of the Reformation. He was a counter-Reformation priest. He was one who would um, uh, do uh, many of the debates against the Calvinists, against the uh, Martin Luther's, the things like this. And he would write a lot of the arguments and also engage in a lot of the um, arguments. And he was just um, a very uh, evangelistic soul. And I wanted to share um, his deathbed vision of St. Cajetan because it's very beautiful. Um, his piety was rewarded one Christmas Eve when the Blessed Mother appeared to him and placed the infant Jesus in his arms. When St. Cajetan was on his deathbed, resigned to the will of God, she appeared to him again, this time surrounded by ministering angels. He said, Lady, bless me. Mary replied, Cajetan, receive the blessing of my son and know that I am here as a reward for the sincerity of your love and to lead you to paradise. She then told him to have patience with the illness that had attacked him and gave orders to the choirs of angels to escort his soul to heaven. Cajetan, she said, my son calls you. Let us go in peace. And so he did. Beautiful, huh? Mm -hmm. Saint Rita um, was known for, she was a battered wife. She brought peace to an area between two warring factions and two warring families. She, be, she entered a convent miraculously. She had a miraculous mark of the thorns and she had asked for that. She had said, let me, my Jesus, share in your suffering at least one of your thorns. And what happened was they wouldn't allow her to enter the convent. And so she fell asleep outside the convent. And the next morning, although the convent was completely locked, she awoke inside the convent. And there was a single red rose in the middle of winter that had blossomed on the bush, in the center of the garden. And they allowed her then to enter the convent. And the beautiful miracle of St. Rita. Of course, St. Patrick, the Irish. But you know, St. Patrick was a pretty interesting guy. You know, he did, um, he, he was actually, you know, he did a lot of spiritual warfare, you know. Um, but he is known for some basic things. Christ be with me. Christ within me, um, Christ beside me, that prayer that people are very familiar with. 
He's also known for be still and know that I am God. Hmm. He also wrote this prayer. I pray to God to give me perseverance and to deign that I be a faithful witness to him to the end of my life for my God. You can read the confessions of St. Patrick, um, but he was involved in a great deal of interesting miraculous events at the time of the conversion of Ireland with the Druidic high priests and Christianity, a very interesting time in history. And uh, uh, so St. Patrick uh, is much more than the green stuff on St. Patrick's Day. He was a real warrior um, in so many ways, you know, he was the Bishop of Ireland, but he literally worked in the mud and the slodge and built the huts and the homes and the, you know, he was, a, he was a worker in the field, you know, he started out as a slave who had been taken against his will from his home in England on a slave ship. He escaped and he was called back in a vision to serve the Irish people. And he went back even so. And then he went back and um, his story is legendary. Very, very interesting story. So much more than the, um, the stuff that kind of trivializes him, you know, every year. So for those who are interested, I, I you know, I suggest really look into him because there's much more to him than that. Um, you know, St. Patrick's Purgatory, there was this um, cave in Ireland that still runs today where people would come from all over the world, the Templars, the Crusaders, they would go there because it was known that people would go there and would experience purgatorial visions there. They would experience, so they would like to have a pre, pre, um, pre-revelation of their near-death encounters with purgatory and it would be like an, a pre-purification and you know a way to uh, accelerate that path for them so St. Patrick's purgatory was one of the things I always thought was really interesting it's become kind of commercialized um, but it's something that's been there for a long time St. Climacus climbed a ladder to heaven. He was a mystic as well. Um, he said the offspring of virtue is perseverance. And that's very well stated. When the soul betrays itself and loses the blessed and longed for fervor, let it carefully investigate the reason for losing it. So don't lose heart. Just carefully investigate the reason. You can get it back, right? So now we're passing into some of our masters of the native paths. We start with Short Bull, the Lakota holy man, who was one of the... You know, before we get into Short Bull, because I always do this, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, can we uh, just... Uh, because we were talking about... Uh, it's almost like when we're going through the purification process, too, that last thing that you just said, mm -hmm. uh, where... We spoke about this earlier on too, but when we're trying to go through purification and we fail, then we just gotta keep trying. Yeah. We stick with it. 
we don't just give up we don't just go oh i'm you know i'm full of shame and i always do this and even like in dialogues with a mystic too the seeker is is having challenges with uh lust and such right and you know it's been it's a history of it it's kind of you know there's temptation but you just keep working at it you just were you know it's it's it is ingrained in us but we just keep working at it you know and getting these fetters out and if we stick with it sooner or later it's going to happen exactly and it, it's always helpful to know that everybody goes through it and we all have to do that um and i know mother angelic always said um the only difference between the saints and us is that they just keep getting back up every time they fall and that's really the truth so you know we just keep falling we just get back up same crap different day you know what i mean <laughs> you know? and that's that's kind of our human condition we just kind of embrace it and say okay you know but but it is pointless to um just kind of batter yourself over your human frailty it's it's much better to you know as saint climacus says carefully investigate the reason and then get back up and do it again try again knowing you know you're still going to fail again because that's what we do <laughs> i had a priest ironically my my father from the theatine order who said he said that you will be tempted until 20 minutes after you dead <laughs> after you <laughs> he said, so He's like, it ain't gonna get better. It's not gonna get better. It's just gonna keep going until 20 minutes after your death. My my little redneck thing, that was my addition, not his. Oh. Uh -huh. <laughs> he, Played that to a T. Thank you. <coughs> but he he would always say that. And whenever you'd get tempted to be like, Father, I'm so stupid, he'd be like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Same stuff, different day. <laughs> uh, have you ever uh, read John? Bradshaw? Welcome to the human race. <laughs> I have it, read some of it, but it was a long time ago, 30, yeah. 30 years ago. Yeah, it's been a while for me too, but Healing the Shame That Binds You. He wrote a book on the family and all the issues that run through family units and stuff. And so, you know, it's, it, it's kind of like a fish in water and they're in water and you take them out of the water and they're like, look, you're in water. And they're like, what? <laughs> and so we're in that and you know there's that shame that binds us and it almost goes along with that repeated thing that we're doing and so to go into like our core beliefs and where that energy came from attempt to do a healing as we're going through our issues that so that we can grow and uh and then we can expand our consciousness because as long as we're fettered to that shame that binds us then we're kind of we're stuck there a little bit so it needs to be like some inner healing yeah like that that's true and um i think one of the most it seems like one of the most healing things that i can tell people because i get emails and people are like so embarrassed to tell me stuff and it's like do you have any idea how many hundreds of people have told me exactly the same thing and they're like what <laughs> it's like yeah you know, we're all, you know, we're all so much more the same than we realize, you know, and like ironically, the yeah, we really, yeah, we are. I mean, we're just, we're just 
human beings, we have the same problems, we have the same issues, we have the same vices, you know, it's really not dissimilar at all. You know, so anything that you're struggling with, if you think you're the only one, that's, that's really far from the truth. We're all doing exactly it's, the same. It's thing. arrogant. Well, I, you know what? I had a priest. arrogant. I have another priest to tell you about. <laughs> Who do you think you are? You're pretty special, aren't you? I did have a priest who told me, he said that, he said that that was a sin of pride because he said, you think the mercy of God applies to everyone but you? Really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and it's like, oh. <laughs> but, you know, I'd never thought of it that way. And I was like, yeah, I guess I can see that, that, you know, I was going into arrogance there. You know, it's kind of, we can, we can get into, but it, but it, there's also, you know, just so we don't get people getting off on another thing to beat themselves up about here. It really helps people from what I hear to know that everyone else struggles with exactly the same things. You know, we, we really do, you know, um, it's really, um, and for some reason, we all think that we're the only ones. I'm not sure why, but we do. But I'm just going to tell you right now, that ain't true. And I can tell you that from the, 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 mess, the emails I receive, but I can also tell you that from all the priests who have told me that they had the same experience too. But, you know, I mean, I have really experienced this through the emails that I've received and realizing, gosh, gee, we're, we're all exactly the same. <laughs> you know, we're really, you know, we're really not that different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we all kind of think we are. And, and ironically, it's that that often slows us down or keeps us back because we're so worried about it. We're so embarrassed because, you know, we're like, Oh no, what are people going to think if they know that I struggle with lust or if they know that I struggled with greed or that I did this or I did that? And it's like, you know what they're going to think? They're going to be like, oh yeah, I did that too. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what they're going to think. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna think. Yeah, done that, done that. Did what is it? Been there, done that. Been there, done that. <laughs> I relate. Right there with you. <laughs> you know, so. You know, so that's one of the ways that we can definitely help one another is by uh, giving each other that re that um, reassurance, you know, because mm -hmm. that's really one of the best things that I have seen for people that really helps people a lot. <laughs>